didn't he? Or has this week kind of flown by? Actually, there's a good reason for that. We had a holiday right in the middle of the week. Hello, I'm John Rawl, and this is the Friday edition of the show that accentuates the South. We are the Y'all Show. Great to have you aboard. We're going to have a good time wrapping up this rather strange week on this Friday edition. We got news headlines, we got sports news, someone on the live tour accusing another player of cheating. Who's cheating who? I'll tell you on our sports update that we'll have coming up on today's Y'all Show. We also have scheduled for this first hour of the Y'all Show, ICYMI, in case y'all missed it. And we're going to go back to Monday because this is the segment that I've received the most input from. I've had several people stop me and comment about our discussion of how to make with farm fresh peaches, how, how you can make all these recipes, 35 recipes to make with farm fresh, fresh peaches, farm stand fresh peaches. And that comes to us from the website tasteofhome.com. And we had this interview or this feature on our Monday show, and I've got a lot of feedback from it. So in case you missed it, and that's why we have this segment called ICYMI, in case y'all missed it, we're going to rewind back to our Monday show and play a portion of that here in this first hour of y'all we also have coming up in our second hour today paul Hare of the Hare financial group he'll be back on with us and small caps are the subject of the day as he'll explain the small capitalization what that define what that is defined by and also the different classes of small caps all that with paul Hare in our second hour and then hey how about jim caviezel what an amazing career he's had as an actor. And right now, Jim Caviezel's latest film, Sound of Freedom, is the number one film at the box office. It just officially opened, I think, just this week. It's it's our first opportunity to talk about The Sound of Freedom, a definite right-of-center type film. And it's number one. It actually beat out Indiana Jones. And I'm going to let you hear a portion of a recent interview, Jim Caviezel, has given about his new movie and the incredible bucking of the norm that Jim Caviezel has been doing for a long time in Hollywood. We'll have that as part of our Dixie Cinema and also tell you about other new films hitting theaters this post-July 4th weekend. In our final hour today, we're going to have a little baseball on our mind because we'll get things going with our traditional Friday final hour fight song of party crowd from david lee murphy but coming up on tuesday in major league baseball it's the midsummer classic the all-star game taking place out in seattle and i was looking for a good song that was baseball centric that would be fitting to get you ready for the all-star game and i found it and the gambler is going to help us get there and i'm going to tell you all about the greatest as we will have that in our final hour and give you a little bit more information on the all-star game which traditionally has been that ultimate sporting event of summertime. I wouldn't say it's quite that these days, but going back 50, 100 years ago, this was a big deal, especially back when the American League and National League never played each other except for the World Series. So we'll have a little bit of baseball on our mind in our final hour. Hashtag Hullabaloo also headed your way in the final hour of today's program if you would like to get involved with y'all it is really easy to do that our text lines which are available 24 hours a day they're open right now so hit us up 615-208-4184 615-208-4184 we'd love to hear from you 
here at the Y'all Show. We've got a lot of headlines to get to today. We've got more information on heat. We've got information on the gunman from Texas from several years ago that killed 23 people at a Walmart. He's right now going through sentencing out in the El Paso area. An update on that. Did you hear about Britney Spears being struck by one of the new San Antonio Spurs number one draft pick, Win Benaya's security team? Uh, it's San Antonio versus the Louisiana kid. It looks like in Vegas. Bad things happen in Vegas. I'll let you know more about this story. Plus, we'll let you know about a new drug that perhaps could be a game changer for Alzheimer's. That and Jimmy and Rosalind Carter celebrating their 77th wedding anniversary. Amazing. Also in Georgia, Christine Ferris, the sister of Martin Luther King Jr., is going to lie in state at, at, at Georgia's capital there in downtown Atlanta. Why are they doing that? I'll see if I can't figure that out here on the Y'all Show. Plus, before we get out of here today, I've got information about how if you're a Tennessee dad, you can learn how to be a better dad, (laughs) thanks to an organization called Affirm. Families Matter is is their aim there. So we'll tell you about that in our headlines. Plus, Bluebell Ice Cream's got a new monster flavor for National Ice Cream Month. Monster flavor coming from Bluebell. Yum e. All right, let's get into these headlines now on this Friday edition. So first off, let me tell you that for the first for the third time this week, this little place we call Earth, it set a new unofficial heat record. Third time this week, and it's getting hot out here, y'all. As the planetary average hit sixty three degrees Fahrenheit, that it. That passed the 62.9 degree mark set just Tuesday. And that's that 63 happened on Thursday. So it was a tenth of a degree hotter Thursday than it was just two days before. And we've got climate reanalyzers from the University of Maine who were looking into this as they use tools with satellite data and computer simulations to measure the world's condition. And we've got hot temperatures throughout the world, like in China, 110 degrees reported this week. We've got warm temps in Antarctica, according to these researchers. Eight degrees Fahrenheit. Woo! It's getting hot in Antarctica. Eight degrees Fahrenheit reported temperature this week. So, we'll keep an eye on it. I I don't know what to tell you to do, except it's hot. But we're making it through somehow in the South. We've had hot temperatures, but most of the South has had a respite of some sorts, primarily thunderstorms and cold fronts moving through and changing things up. I think when I woke up this morning, I've got a good air conditioner, evidently. (laughs) It was 67 degrees. I keep a little gauge near my bed. That's a little too cold for me especially in July and if I start coughing and sneezing you might figure out what what I might need to do before I go to bed, cut on that heater in July, for goodness sakes, but no I don't know what, what's going on there but yeah, it's, uh, it's hot so be very careful out there please wherever you are in the south other headlines across the southeast to Texas we go and the gunman who killed 23 people in a racist attack at a Walmart back in 2019 is going to learn his punishment today. 
Patrick Crucis is the 24-year-old who will likely be sentenced to multiple life terms in federal prison for committing one of the deadliest mass shootings in American history. He could even still face the death penalty in a separate case in a Texas state court that is yet to go to trial. He has pled guilty. He did that back in February to nearly 50 federal hate crime charges after federal prosecutors took the death penalty off the table. But he's going to learn his fate today. I would expect he would have multiple, multiple life sentences leveled upon him. This was a really horrible thing. This guy went and just started shooting people at this store in a Hispanic area of, well, I guess all of this area would be in El Paso, but he specifically targeted Hispanic shoppers at this store right on the U.S.-Mexico border there in El Paso, Texas, and he used an AK-style semi-automatic rifle, and he had ranted online warning of a Hispanic invasion of Texas. Well, well, fellow, let me tell you, Texas has been having a Hispanic invasion. It's been going on for decades, if not hundreds of years, and especially in places like El Paso. I mean, it's not Hispanic. That is who is, I would say, native to that area. And in the old days, meaning like 20 years ago, it was pretty common for people who lived on the other side of the border to come into El Paso, work, go back, and vice versa. And unfortunately, because of gross immigration policies, we've got a a tightening of the border. And I don't know how difficult it would be to cross the border on a daily basis. I guess it still happens. But this guy who traveled a long way to get to, he was a Texan, but he traveled a long way to get to the El Paso area to cause this horrific attack. One of the worst mass shootings in American history, and that was a was a terrible thing back in 2019 when that happened. And today, this shooter will learn his fate. He's already pled guilty. Joe Biden was in South Carolina on Thursday as he attended a business-type event in West Columbia. He was there announcing a partnership with manufacturer Flex Limited, something that's going to bring 600 jobs to South Carolina. It's part of his Bidenomics plan as this company has solar panels that they make there and it's an an announcement Thursday of $60 million to open six manufacturing lines in the U.S. Two of those lines will be in South Carolina. So Biden took it upon himself to leave the White House slash Delaware to go to South Carolina which is not exactly his stomping grounds and have this big business announcement. And guess what? He's going to go to North Georgia in the very near future and do the same thing outside of Dalton, Georgia, which is Marjorie Greene's district. And he called her out on it. I think he called her out on it in South Carolina Thursday. In fact, some of his quotes from this announcement in South Carolina, this business, said, and if most South Carolina Republican members of Congress had their way, the state would have lost out on over $2.6 billion in infrastructure funding and nearly a billion dollars in funding for high-speed internet for South Carolina. He did actually give a little praise to Lindsey Graham at this event Thursday, but he is going to go into North Georgia here pretty soon 
and called out Marjorie Green. In fact, she responded, I think, already, as, as she would. By the way, she's been kicked out of this House Freedom Caucus. She had a good response to that. She's pretty good on responses. Marjorie Green out of Georgia. And so Biden, his new plan is to stick it into the red, the maybe the deepest red areas of the country, going in promoting his Bidenomics plan, specifically his infrastructure package that passed his, he calls it bipartisan infrastructure policy. And it's because of that infrastructure plan that we're seeing some of this investment into South Carolina or into North Georgia and other states. But Biden, maybe this is his new plan, is to go into areas that aren't exactly the most friendly areas of of the country, for him at least. Now, the governor of South Carolina, before Biden arrived, went on social media and said, South Carolina, this is Henry McMaster talking, South Carolina is red hot with a booming economy, a growing population, and a quality of life unmatched by any state. Our prominent role on the national stage has seen two presidential visits to our state within the last six days. Since January 2017, we've announced 82,000 new jobs with $33 billion in new capital investment. Our success originates from our people whose values, faith, patriotism, and work ethic are widely known across the globe. I think he's trying to defend South Carolina when Joe Biden comes a calling. <laughs> That's what happened on Thursday as the president definitely came a calling to West Columbia. South Carolina. Let's take you from the world of politics to the world of ridiculousness. To Vegas. What happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. So the San Antonio Spurs have a number one draft pick that's now part of their team. And he's participating in the summer league thing they got going on in Vegas. Victor Wimbanaya, He's the Frenchman who's now the heir apparent to steal the fame created by first Michael Jordan and then taken on by LeBron James. This looks like it could be the latest Michael Jackson, Michael Jack, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and now Victor. That's what it appears they're promoting this guy, the media, etc. Maybe he's this good. I don't know. He's only been playing over in France. We'll see how good he really is. But according to reports out of Las Vegas, Wimbanaya said Thursday he believes that Britney Spears grabbed him from behind as he was walking into a restaurant at a Vegas casino and that a security detail with him pushed the pop star away. Wimbanaya said he wasn't told that Britney Spears was the person who grabbed him until hours later and he never actually saw her. Now, on Thursday, the Louisiana native and Mississippi-educated singer Britney Spears filed a report with Las Vegas police and said it on post on Twitter and Instagram that the run-in was super embarrassing super embarrassing <laughs> I guess that's a little bit more intense than just embarrassing and she denied on social media denied grabbing the I think he's 19 year old NBA star she denied grabbing him saying only she tapped him on the shoulder to get his attention I guess he wasn't looking for you Brittany stop messing with the seven foot three hoopster she said she had recognized him in the evening when he 
was seeing, let's see here. I don't know what, what this quote or what this means here, but she said, continuing on social media, that Wimbenaya's security team handed her in, hand, backhanded her in the face without looking back in front of a crowd, nearly knocking her down and causing her glasses to fall off her face. Come on, Brittany. What are you doing chasing anybody? You're Brittany. You're a big enough star yourself. Where's your security detail in a place like Las Vegas? Yeah, he's part of the Summer League. In fact, he hasn't played in it. I was wondering why I haven't heard much about him. He's going to make his debut tonight in the NBA Summer League. Wimbenaya will be playing against the Charlotte Hornets, which have the number two pick in the NBA draft playing for them. And he's already played in one or two games, the gentleman out of the University of Alabama that got picked up by the Purple and Teal Hornets out of Charlotte. So it ought to be a big night on, I guess, the ESPN channel that carries that summer league to see the number one and number two picks in the NBA's 2023 draft going up against each other. Although it's not a real game, it's this summer league. But, hey, this guy's got basketball on his mind, Brittany. Back off. Or he's going to backhand you. <laughs> a Florida steakhouse where seven diners were served methamphetamines has now been cited for 31 health violations. Wow. Never would have saw this one coming. Pace, Florida is where we're going to take you. This is in Santa Rosa County. And the Nico Japanese Steakhouse there on the Florida Panel, Florida Panhandle had seven customers poisoned from someone who laced their food with narcotics. Now this is, to my knowledge, just coming out that this happened. June 9th was the day that seven people had eaten at the Pace, Florida restaurant, and they ended up going into a local hospital where tests confirmed that all seven had ingested a narcotic, that according to the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office. An attorney representing three of the victims said his clients had each tested positive for methamphetamine after eating at, I don't know if this place is still open or not, the N-I-K-K-O Nico Japanese Steakhouse in Pace, Florida. My gosh. (laughs) Terrible, terrible, terrible. According to a report in the Pensacola News Journal, the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation found additional and numerous health violations when its inspectors visited Nico following the poisoning incident. Are they still open is my question. And how in the world could someone poison with meth? Seven, I assume, innocent customers there at the steakhouse in the Florida Panhandles. Makes you makes you wonder. Makes you want to scratch your head and be very, very scared to go out to eat anywhere, frankly, after something like that. Let's move over from talking about meth to Alzheimer's and specifically a drug that just might help out on the Alzheimer's fight. The Food and Drug Administration has now endorsed the IV drug Lequimbe for patients with mild dementia and other symptoms caused by early Alzheimer's disease. This would be the first medicine that's been convincingly shown to show modest help for the cognitive decline caused by Alzheimer's. The drug maker from Japan, Isai, received conditional approval from the FDA back in January based on early results suggesting that Lequimbi worked by clearing a sticky brain plaque linked to the disease. Again, this is a drug that the FDA is now given full approval of 
that will help perhaps slow the effect of Alzheimer's. And I think since they've gotten the FDA approval, it means that Medicare is going to pay for it. This is wonderful news. There are many of us, and many of many Southerners, first of all, many Americans, many Southerners, but for goodness sakes, there's unbelievable numbers of people who are affected by the decline of dementia and Alzheimer's, either directly on us or on loved ones or friends or coworkers or sector. This is a terrible disease, just terrible. And it's been going on too long. I mean, I think I'm not a doctor, and I don't play one on the radio, but to my knowledge, Alzheimer's has really picked up attention in the last 40 years. I don't know how big of a deal it was 50, 60, 70 years ago. Of course, I wasn't around 70 years ago, but I do believe it started to come a more national thing in the, I'd say, 80s, early 90s. And we've not had any positive news for the most part when it comes to Alzheimer's and dementia. And here could be what we're looking for. Boy, it'd be great to have a cure. It'd be wonderful to have a cure, but at least something to help out. And that's what this drug appears to be getting on the right foot. Speaking of dementia, this lady recently diagnosed with dementia, Rosalind Carter. She and her husband, Jimmy Carter, marking their 77th wedding anniversary at their home in Plains, Georgia. Of course, Jimmy is in hospice care right now, but they are having their 77th anniversary today in Plains. They are setting all kind of records, says the longest married first couple ever. The 90-year-old, 90-somethings face serious health conditions. The president Jimmy is 98 years old and he's been in home hospice care since February. Rosalind's 95 and yes, she does have dementia. And we haven't gotten any updates from the Carter Center in a while about her condition, but they are enjoying time with each other and they've got a lot of their family members. I remember not long ago, one of the Carter's grandchildren said that Jimmy's enjoy eating ice cream right now but uh, happy 77th wedding anniversary to Jimmy and Rosalind Carter does that mean they were married in 46 just after World War II when a young naval officer out of Georgia would have married her just after the conclusion of World War II of course Jimmy is a World War II veteran and not many of those left and former president of the United States and Today, he and his beautiful bride, Rosalind, 77 years of wedded happiness. Congratulations. That will wrap up our Hour 1 headlines here of the Y'all Show. When we come back, we will scoot over and catch you up here on the Y'all Show with some Southern sports news before we go to ICYMI in case y'all missed it. And a little bit more conversation about our farm stand fresh peach recipes. All that is just ahead. Helps me on my way. And no 
who's ever going to tie me down? One gets too close to just back up and say, and you got to be walking on new grass, singing a new song. Tomorrow there's no telling where I'll be, but I'll be walking on new grass, singing a new song. The next town up the road keeps calling me. And we're back here on the Y'all Show with a little music from the Round Mound of Sound. Kenny Price, that was a song out in 1966, Walking on New Grass. You might remember Kenny when he was on Hee Haw on there for a while. We lost Kenny back in 19... I can't have to read that. 1987, he died at age 56. Yeah, I remember him on Hee Haw. I didn't realize that was his biggest song right there. Here's His first song was his biggest song. He had another song just after that called Happy Tracks and never hit the top ten again. The Kentucky native Kenny Price here on the Y'all Show. All right, let's move over and give you some information on Southern sports here on this end-of-the-week edition of Talking About All Things Southern. And sad news here, this is a guy that I... Got to see a couple of times when he was coaching the NC State Wolfpack. Dick Sheridan has passed away at the age of 81. He coached NC State back in the 1980s into the early 1990s, I believe, before coaching the Raleigh, North Carolina-based college. He was the head coach of the Furman Paladins, helped Furman win a national championship at the FCS level. A former I don't know if he played football, but he attended the University of South Carolina. He was from the West Columbia area of South Carolina. And he ended up being a coach at Furman, which is in Greenville, coaching the Paladins from 1978 to 85. He won eight Southern Conference Championship and got the call to move up to be the head coach at NC State. At State, he won the Bobby Dodd College Football Coach of the Year during his first season at the ACC school. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2020. Dave Duran is the current coach of the Wolfpack. He put a statement out saying that, I have such great respect for Coach Sheridan and I'm saddened to hear about this news. He did so much to build the football program in NC State and impacted many players, coaches, and staff during his time as coach. I enjoyed getting to know him during my time here. Dick Sheridan, who coached NC State for many seasons back in the 1980s, has died in Garden City Beach, South Carolina, after a brief illness. He was 81 years old. I would think that the greatest claim, unfortunately, for Dick Sheridan, he did good, but he didn't do great at NC State. He did great at Furman. But at NC State, it seemed like their top deal they were able to get were Peach Bowl berths. During his first season there, they went 8-3-1, and and that's when they got their Peach Bowl berth. I remember they played Southern Miss in one of the Birmingham games one time. and It was actually Brett Favre's final game as a college player was the old All-American Bowl against NC State. I do believe the Wolfpack under Coach Sheridan won that one. He was a 52-29-3 and 29 and three coach with NC State. He 
resigned before the 1993 season, citing health reasons. But one, usually eight to nine games were his kind of peak. Never, to my knowledge, won won an ACC title while coaching the ACC Wolfpack. But Dick Sheridan passing away, former Furman, Paladin, and NC State coaching Hall of Famer. Mark Ingram, remember him? He was Alabama's first Heisman Trophy winner. The veteran NFL running back is now going to join Fox Sports on its big noon kickoff show beginning in the fall. I didn't realize he had officially left the NFL, but he played the last two seasons for the Saints, the 33-year-old running back, and he appeared in 10 games and rushed for 233 yards and a touchdown for the Saints. But now he's moving over from the NFL to college football, where in 2009... Mark Ingram became the first Bama player to win the Heisman Trophy. And he helped the Crimson Tide win a national title, too. (laughs) He rushed for over 3,200 yards and 42 touchdowns in three seasons at the Capstone. Mark Ingram, good to hear him that he's going to be part of Fox Sports' big noon kickoff. And he'll be a Fox Sports analyst. Now, after leaving the NFL... I did see the other day, you may not have caught the release, and I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to do this off of the top of my head. But ESPN laid off several people, and Gene Wojciechowski, I believe, was one of them. I know David Pollock, former Georgia defensive player, was laid off at ESPN. And even Susie Colbert, I think, got the ax from ESPN as they've got all these cutbacks. What's going on with the four-letter network? Why are they having all these cutbacks are they losing that much money is it a side effect of them going woke as it appeared they definitely went too woke during the Trump years they may have backed off of that a little bit but yeah ESPN cutting back big time and I like David Pollock he's not a bad Yankee I think he's from New Jersey but one heck of a Georgia Bulldog Congratulations to Mark Ingram. And now, moving on to the broadcast booth with Fox Sports. Brooks Kepka in the Live Tour, the guy who's the current U.S. Open champion, Brooks Kepka is accusing his Live Golf teammate Matthew Wolf of, of quitting. He's accused him of quitting on the course. And Wolf, the golfer, who is an American, I'm pretty sure Wolf. Won his third start as a pro on the PGA Tour in 2019. He joined the Live Golf League last year and plays for a team. You know, and live on the Live Tour, they have teams in addition to individual play. And there's this team called Smash that Brooks Kepka is part of. He captains that team. And now Brooks is truly calling out his own so-called Smash teammate for quitting. Kipka told Sports Illustrated, I mean, when you quit on your round, you give up and stuff like that. That's not competing. I'm not a big fan of that. You don't work hard. It's very tough. It's very tough to even, like, a team dynamic when you are got one guy that won't work. One guy is not going to give any effort. He's going to quit on the course, break clubs, gets down, bad body language. It's very tough. Ooh. I think they need to settle this over at the 19th hole. <laughs> 
Wolf, by the way, is a 24-year-old golfer who withdrew before the final round of the Live Golf event outside of Washington last month. He withdrew with an undisclosed injury. And he's even already been partially removed from the Smash Team's social media pages. So some infighting going on, not just on the Live Tour, but within Smash. They're going to smash it out, it looks like. An update on the PGA Tour. How about this? Jonas Blixt is leading the John Deere Classic after the first round. He shot a 62. If you haven't heard the name Jonas Blixt lately, there's a good reason for that. Jonas Blixt is the number 842 ranked player in men's golf. And Mr. 842 shot one heck of a round in Illinois on Thursday to lead at TPC Deer Run. This is a tournament that's got lots of unknown names in it. They're looking for that one shot to win a tournament like this to be able to advance and get the points and keep playing. Jonas Blixt has won on the PGA Tour before, but it's been quite some time. He's been a three-time winner, to be to be very frank and level with you. He's 39 years old, but he's got a two-shot lead after day one of the TPC Deer Run John Deere Classic from Silvis, Illinois. You can catch that this weekend. JT Poston is your defending champ there. In addition to Blixt in the top ten, you also have a familiar name, Cameron Young. He's tied for third. Brendan Todd is in there at uh, tied for ninth. And like I said, most of these people I've never heard of. Jimmy Walker, uh, he's making a little bit of a try to come back here. Jimmy Walker, he's four under, and he's tied for 14th. That's a look at that. The ladies, the U.S. Women's Open is going on right now at Palm Beach. And two ladies are tied atop the leaderboard after the first round of that league, that event there. As you've got a golfer named Lynn and one named Kim who both shot a 468 Thursday to share a lead of this next major on the LPGA Tour, the U.S. Women's Open, the final event for longtime LPGA golfer Michelle Wee, now Michelle Wee West. Michelle West is letting it uh, all out. Hopefully she makes the cut for her sake. That is a look at our Southern sports here for this first hour of talking about everything Southern. When we come back, we've got I-C-Y-M-I in case y'all missed it. We're going to rewind back to Monday where, thanks to the website tasteofhome.com, they put out a story called 35 Recipes to Make with Farm Stand Fresh Peaches. And we're going to get your peach recipes on big time with a clip from that Monday spotlight. And that is coming right up. Wandering 
number one for them rascals also known as rascal flats fast cars of freedom welcome back it's y'all it's where we talk about all things southern we want to hear from you here we want you to be a part of our fast cars and freedom celebration of all things southern and you can do that by texting us we got this neat little number you can text 24 hours a day i got a couple texts in in the middle of the night last night and that's just fine we'll take it 615-208-4184. The reason we get those texts in is because people listen to our show all the time. We we have our show, you know, it's available in podcast form. You can catch it on all kinds of neat podcast options like Apple Podcast, iTunes. We're also on Spotify. We're on the iHeartRadio app, and we're in TuneIn. Simply search Y'all Show, and you'll find it. And you can hit the little button, and it will magically come to your device every day that we put up a new episode so thank you all to all y'all who listen to us each and every day with our great podcast option found on all those neat little apps and such and again the neat thing about the app option is you can listen to us and if you've got to take a break let's say you got to run out and finish cutting the grass or you got to get that 26 mile run in or you've got to finish up work or go put the baby down for the night, you can come back and listen to us right there. We'll be right there on your app. It's so amazingly 21st century. (laughs) The Y'all Show podcast, check it out. And it's absolutely free. We're also available at y'all.com. Got a section of our y'all.com site devoted to the Y'all Show. So we encourage you to check that out. And because of the podcast... It allows me to have this segment right here on the Y'all Show. It's what we call I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. And I've gone back to our Monday podcast this week, because in this segment of the show on our Friday edition, I like to find something from the last couple of days, a good section of what we talked about, and bring it back up again, in case y'all missed it. And so I'm going to go back to our Monday show from this week, which would have been Monday, July 3rd, and go online and go find this and listen to the podcast so you can hear the roughly 15 minutes of discussion on this topic. I'm only going to give you a minute or two right now. But I've got so much feedback from this segment. People are like, man, that sounded so great. Could you tell me more about it? Well, here's a little tease of what we were talking about Monday. We had a segment on, thanks to the website tasteofhome.com, 35 recipes to make with farm stand fresh peaches and i'm going to let you now hear a little bit of that conversation from monday thanks to i-c-y-m-i 
another peach recipe. This is I, I, I'm going to have to skip past this one because it looks so darn delicious. Peach pound cake. Peach pound cake. Right there, you can go get the recipe at Taste of Home. Also, peach blueberry cobbler. Now, that's pretty awesome. Mixing peaches and blueberries together for a delicious cobbler. Also, the peach caprice salad. If you're worried about your diet, check that recipe out at tasteofhome.com. It's, again, 35 recipes of how you can make things with fresh peaches here in July. Up next, the lime and spice peach cobbler. Lime and spice. That sounds pretty amazing. Up next, golden beet and peach soup with tarragon. A soup with peaches in it. The recipe right there at Taste of Home. Up next is pretty peach tart. A tart of peaches. Up next, another tart. The peach blueberry crumble tart is a recipe you can go dig up at this website. Also, if you want to mix in some... Hey, I just keep on going. Again, you can go to the website, y'all.com, and find the podcast and more. 35 peach recipes coming to you courtesy of the website, tasteofhome.com. We talked about it in detail on the Monday Y'all Show, and we encourage you to go find that podcast and learn so much more about those delicious farm stand fresh peaches that you can turn into 35 different recipes if you've got the time. We're going to wrap up this first hour of Y'all right after this break. up our first hour of y'all coming up in hour two we've got our financial week with paul Hare of the Hare financial group going to talk small caps and more plus how about jim caviezel got the number one movie in the land with the sound of freedom i'm gonna let you hear a clip of jim caviezel talking about the reason that he made this incredible movie that's number one at the box office all part of our dixie cinema of the new releases available in theaters right now all that ahead in hour two again you can text us here at the y'all show 615-208-4184 we want to hear from y'all more fun coming right up and rolling with another hour of y'all talk with a southern accent as we accentuate the south here on this program powered by y'all.com the south's homepage. if you got a little south in your mouth you find the right spot on your radio and podcast dial and if you're a southerner at heart well come on in we got a lot of good stuff going on as we wrap up a week here in this hour we got more headlines from across the southeast that we're going to be getting into including if you're in Tennessee, they're trying to help you be a better dad. <laughs> I'll explain. 
Also, we got Paul Hare. I think he's a pretty good dad. Paul Hare is going to be dropping by with his financial week and a recap of what's going on with the markets and more. Plus, Paul of the Hare Financial Group is going to tell us all about small caps, the definition and different classes of that mutual fund called small caps, that mutual fund option there. Also, we have Jim Caviezel audio. Jim Caviezel, the extremely talented actor. You know him from The Passion of Christ and his other great work through the years. He's going to be on later this hour. We've got a clip talking about his new movie, Sound of Freedom, the number one film in all of America. It's a gutsy film by this Washington State native. And I'm going to go ahead and give Jim Caviezel the title Honorary Southerner because he's had an amazing acting career that he's kind of put his neck out there for conservatism and he's doing a heck of a job. Jim Caviezel, going to learn more about Sound of Freedom and we'll tell you about the other brand new movies hitting the theaters this weekend as part of our Dixie Cinema segment coming up later this hour. To get in touch with us here at the show, 615-208-4184. That's how you can reach y'all. Encourage you to do just that. Let's dive into the headlines here for this hour of the Y'all Show. And we start off with the thing that's on everybody's mind in July, especially this July. It's hot. For the third time this week, planet Earth has set an unofficial heat record. That, according to the University of Maine's Climate Reanalyzer, that's a tool that uses satellite data and computer simulations to measure the world's condition. The planetary average heat for Thursday was 63 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a tenth of the degree higher than what it was Tuesday when it was 62.9 degrees. And now Earth's average temp hitting an unofficial record high Thursday. China's got temperatures in 100 degree, 110 degrees, even in Antarctica. 8 degrees Fahrenheit recorded this week. Be careful. That's the name of the game. I think most of us would be happy to take a 63 degree Fahrenheit reading at the current time. Of course, that's the whole world average. You know, it's wintertime in Australia right now and other places south of the border, <laughs> south of the equator border, that is. Today, we're going to find out the sentence for Patrick Crucius. That's the 24-year-old Texan who's going to be sentenced for the multiple life terms in federal prison for committing one of the most gruesome, deadliest mass shootings we've ever seen in this country. He's the guy that went into a El Paso Walmart back in 2019 and gunned down 23 people. It was a racist attack against Hispanics where he targeted Hispanic shoppers right there on this border town, El Paso, Texas. And he will be finding out his fate today. He's got other legal trials forthcoming. One from the state of Texas forthcoming, but at least today, a big part of his future will be decided as he's already pled guilty to doing the killing. We'll find out how long this latest instance will be for his sentencing. Other headlines across the South today, we take you to Brittany Wimbanaya Gate. 
San Antonio Spar- Star San Antonio Spurs rookie player. He just got drafted a few weeks back. He's going to be playing in his very first summer league game tonight. You can check that out. Victor Wimbanaya, the 19-year-old Frenchman who measures seven foot three, number one pick in the NBA draft back in June, and now it looks like a member of his security team while going through a Vegas casino, ah, roughed up Britney Spears a little bit. And she's losing her mind. She's going on Instagram and Twitter calling this whole incident super embarrassing. And she's saying that his security team grabbed her and all she said she wanted to do was tap him on the shoulder to get his attention. Britney Spears, the 40-something-year-old Louisiana native trying to track down a 19-year-old NBA star in a Vegas casino. Wimbanaya <laughs> uh, said security advised him to not stop for anyone as he walked into a restaurant there at the casino, mindful that pausing could cause a stir and allow a crowd to build. He's a brand new superstar here in America. He's got to gotta be careful with people like this. The paparazzi looking for him. He says he didn't even know that Britney Spears was the person that came up to him. He said he didn't know for a couple hours, but when I came back to the hotel, I thought it was no no big deal. And then security of the Spurs told me it was Britney Spears. Wimba and I said at first, I was like, you're joking. But yeah, it turns out it was Britney Spears. I never saw her face. I just kept walking straight. Walking tall (laughs) was what this guy did. Again, Wimba Nye is going to be playing tonight in the NBA Summer League as the Spurs have a Friday night date in Vegas against the Charlotte Hornets, which have this year's number two NBA draft pick, a good player out of the University of Alabama. So how about that? We're going to have Britney Spears back in the news. Some people will do just about anything to get headlines. I don't know what happened there. I guess there's likely video of it that we can all check out. Today is Jimmy and Rosalind Carter's 77th 77th wedding anniversary. Jimmy's in hospice care. Rosalind, at 95 years old, is struggling with dementia. The 39th president is 98 years young. We wish them all the best as they're the oldest living couple that have been in the executive mansion of our country. Congratulations. They're celebrating their 77th. Where else would they be doing it? Plains, Georgia. Also out of the Peach State today, the body of Christine Ferris. She's the sister of Martin Luther King. Her body will lie in state at the Georgia State Capitol Rotunda today. She died June 29th at the age of 95, and she will lie in state actually a week from today. It won't be today. It will be July 14th when she'll be lying in state. That's a long time after she passed away, June 29th. Sheesh. She's going to lie in state from 11 to 7, and a memorial service will be held around that same time. She was the oldest and last living sibling of Martin Luther King Jr. She was a professor there in Atlanta, and she helped start the Christine King Ferris Legacy Foundation, which raises funds to support leadership development and scholarship at Spelman College. She will join her sister-in-law, Coretta Scott King, 
Congressman John Lewis and Atlanta Councilman C.T. Vivian as the only black Americans to lie in state at the Georgia State Capitol. And then after this, she's going to lie in repose at Ebenezer Baptist Church July 15th and 16th. This is a lot of... I'm sorry, I don't mean to be critical of the deceased, but I've never heard of this woman. I know she's Martin Luther King Jr.'s sister, but I've never heard of this woman. What are they doing giving her all these very dignified honors two weeks after she's passed away? In my opinion, I don't know. Maybe she's a bigger deal than I... I thought, but uh, again, she's the only surviving, was the only surviving sister of MLK, and she passed away, and now her body will lie in state a week from today at the gold-plated rotunda in downtown Atlanta. So if you're a Tennessee dad and you're not doing a good job, guess what? There's a program to help out. A nonprofit called Family Matters has received a grant from Tennessee Governor Bill Lee's administration to create the Affirm program. And at least in Memphis, a couple of participants have already enrolled, and they're going to try to figure out how to be a better better dad because a father's involvement really matters. I clicked on the link to learn a little bit more about Affirm, which stands for A Father's Involvement Really Matters. It's a project funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee helping fathers become the best dads they can be. This program serves low-income fathers, primarily in, it looks like, this one, West Tennessee. Their goals to develop healthy parenting, to strengthen father and child bonds, to increase father's ability to earn more over time, to improve father's ability to pay child support consistently. Got to pay that child support. I know how to do that. Um, look, look, the main thing about being a dad, and I'm in that category, probably the best title I've got, if you want to know the truth. It um, it comes down to you got to love your child, whether you're a mother or a father. And no program is going to force you to love somebody. And as a father, you should want to love your child or children. And I can't understand how anybody could turn their back, but it happens all the time. People just completely neglect their parental responsibilities. It, it helps explain why we're in the predicament we're in as a society. When you got people, fathering children, mothering children, who have no business, perhaps, even being given that privilege when so many people struggle to even become parents. And in Tennessee, a firm is at least trying to help out. Maybe we should give them the benefit of the doubt. If you want to learn more about Affirm, you can call this number, 901-445-0115, 901-445-0115. AffirmMemphis.com is a website you can go to, as this is part of a study funded by the Tennessee Department of Human Services. To help out daddies, a father's involvement really matters. Affirm and if you're a Memphis or Tennessee dad or West Tennessee dad, for specifically, this nonprofit just might help you improve your fatherhood and get things like your child support paid on time and get you back to having a better relationship with your children. <laughs> All right, let's squeeze this story in here. This is important. Bluebell Ice Cream has put out a new flavor for National Ice Cream Month, the Brenham, Texas-based company 
celebrating National Ice Cream Month, which July is. Happy Ice Cream Month, everybody. And Bluebell's got this brand new flavor, Monster Cookie Dough. It arrives today in a half gallon and pint size for a limited time. Monster Cookie Dough, a vanilla ice cream with hints of brown sugar with peanut butter Monster Cookie Dough pieces, candy-coated chocolate pieces, and dark chocolate chunks. The brand manager for Bluebell, Sarah Schramm, said, like Monster Cookies, the ice cream combines ingredients from other cookies, such as chocolate chips, peanut butter, and candy pieces. Bluebell, Texas, the ice cream, Bluebell from Texas, that has a plant, actually, in Sylacauga, Alabama, hometown of one Jim Neighbors. Well, golly, Sergeant! Yeah, they've got all kind of flavors they've recently rolled out. How about this? Bluebell's got the Java Jolt, the Dr. Pepper Float, and put out a couple of other flavors earlier this year. But in specifically in celebration of National Ice Cream Month, the Bluebell Monster Cookie Dough out right now. Vanilla ice cream, you stir that up with a little hint of brown sugar and a little peanut butter monster cookie dough pieces, candy-coated chocolate pieces, oh, and some dark chocolate chunks. Yummy! Bluebell is calling my name. Man, that's one of the great things of summertime. Just the other day, out of complete boredom. On the 4th of July, actually, is when it was. I went out to eat, as I often do. We all, we like to eat. Yes, yes, yes. We can admit it. But I went to eat. I wasn't overly happy with the dessert option of the place that I went to. I think it was a a greasy spoon place, come to think of it. So, is this wrong of me? When I walked out the door, I asked them if I could have a plastic spoon. And they gave me a plastic spoon to go along with my to-go tea that I took with me out the door. I'm thinking ahead, y'all. I'm thinking ahead. So the reason I was thinking ahead with the plastic spoon theft from this restaurant was because my fallback, if nothing else, when I have that ice cream crave, is to go to my local Dollar General. And in there, they've got, in the little tiny pint size, size, the Edie's birthday cake flavored ice cream that you can get at just about every Dollar General store. And I took my plastic spoon from that restaurant and I sat there in, I guess, a park on a nice, beautiful July 4th and I enjoyed a little ice cream treat thanks to that birthday cake flavored ice cream, which is great if you haven't had it. You can find that in the freezer section at most DG stores. That made me happy. That made me feel red, white, and blue. It wasn't Bluebell, and I don't even know if they have Bluebell at Dollar General now that I think about it, but Bluebell's certainly very commonly found in our grocery stores and other locations across Dixie. And I'm certainly not going to turn down if they want to present me at Bluebell a big case of Monster Cookie Dough for National Ice Cream Month. Happy National Ice Cream Month, all y'all. And that will wrap up our news headlines here 
for this hour of y'all. When we come back, we're going to start talking a little money. We're going to talk money with Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. we got small caps on our mind today. I'll explain what that is and the definition and more and how the week's been going on Wall Street. That's just ahead on the Y'all Show. with an accent on all things Southern. It's time now for our Southern Financial Report. Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group, kind enough to take time to join us. Hello and welcome into y'all. How has the week on Wall Street gone, Paul? Well, uh, it's gone very interesting because we have a great jobs report and the market goes down 400 points. What? We're trying to... <laughs> we are in a paradox. So it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. I've heard that before. Sounds like the tale of two cities, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I couldn't remember which which uh, read that's from, but yeah. yeah, you've got a read on the market. So yeah, that's going on right now. We've got other remnants of of, of the summer, the heat. I mean, how much does weather affect Wall Street, Paul? It, it affects it a lot as far as uh, well as heat. You're looking at uh, the grid system and what that's doing. As far as it, how does it affect the market? It can affect production. It can affect um, the utility stocks. It can affect a lot of things. So it just really depends on like what is going on as far as production. Now that's the big key. Uh, when you have brownouts, and we have not experienced any yet in TVA, but in other parts of the country they start brownouts. Well, that tells. You know, certain companies, you can either run one shift, two shifts, but you're not going to be able to run three shifts, and that that's going to affect supply, which supply affects uh, price, which price affects our pocket. 
and then you also have got to take in consideration what the cost of higher utilities is and how that, that affects the family budget. So it's just, it's, it has direct and indirect, uh, indirect effect. So it's, which is right now energy stock is not a bad uh, portfolio to be in as far as um, oil and all that. That's one thing we were going to talk about today is what we call specialty funds. Um, or technology funds, funds that are directed strictly toward a certain, uh, for, I would say, area of the market like energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got energy uh, mutual funds that are doing pretty well right now. I mean, you've got oil, you've got solar, you've got all that. Now, solar's really not been a big player as far as driving those uh, th- those funds up. But uh, you have a lot of the oil and uh, other nuclear, believe it or not, nuclear power is becoming a bigger player in the system now, especially with France and Germany. Maybe not Ukraine with Zaporizhia. <laughs> no, not, not that kind of nuclear, no. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, with the, the thing that might be blowing up any day now, and we hope it doesn't. Uh, hey, I want to, no. speaking of uh, American politics here, Joe Biden... Have you heard about his latest strategy? He's going into some deep red sections of the South promoting his Bidenomics. He was in West Columbia, South Carolina, speaking at a solar panel plant. He's going to go into Dalton, Georgia in a couple of days. That's Marjorie Greene's district pushing his mm-hmm. Bidenomics plan. What's what's up with that? Is he really confident that his plan might turn people in the South into supporting him a little bit more? Uh, that I don't know. I, I can tell you this right now. Uh, solar is going to be a part of our grid system, but it cannot be. It, it's not going to be able to replace hydro. It's not going to be able to replace nuclear. Uh, it's just not there. It does not produce enough. Uh, we we need those other re- uh, avenues of energy production. Um do I think Biden economics is working? Uh, personally, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think it, uh, but there again, it takes a little while for uh, an economic plan to take hold. But um, with gas prices the way they are, oil prices or oil production the way where it is, and we're not producing oil, it's just, it's, it's not a sustainable system. It's just not a sustainable system. I don't see, I do not see us coming off petroleum-based uh, uh, just energy. I, there's just no way. Mm. Uh, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day who's got a, a Tesla. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I have no problem with Teslas. I think they're great. I think uh, electric cars work for people who do not have long distances to drive. But one thing he talked about was uh, getting where he would get, uh, looking at the cost of putting solar panels on his house. And the main purpose is just to charge the car so it would have a mutual effect on the grid system. And, you know, the average... It takes seven years to re, uh, to break even on solar panel installation, and they have a lifespan of 20 years. So 
you know, you've got to look at is that an economic purchase that you would want to do or not. So I don't, I don't see it working, but that's just me. Uh, I'm going to cancel that Tesla order we put in for you. We're talking, <laughs> we're, we're talking with Paul here today of the Hare Financial Group. You can reach Paul at 731 664 Let's talk a little bit before we have to say goodbye to you today, Paul. Before we do that, let's talk about small caps as we've been talking about the mutual fund options of the small, middle, and, and also the, the high cap definition. What exactly is a small cap and the different classes that they come in? All right, a small cap is anybody that's under a, a $2 billion, and that's the rule of thumb, capitalization. Really, it's it's lower, even lower than that, because you've got some mid caps that are uh, are eight hundred million, and they're classified as mid cap. So, it's really again we've talked about it. It's the number of shares of stocks outstanding times the price per share. So, uh, but some of the mid cap, you've got value, you've got blend, you've got growth. Mid cap, uh, or excuse me, small cap are going to be the stocks that have the quickest rebound out of a recession. It's also going to be the very first that will go in when we have a recession. It's a it's a volatile market. It, it does need to be part of somebody's portfolio, but based on their risk tolerance, that's what we need to look at. Um, you have some really good small cap companies out there. Some of them you probably haven't heard of but uh, they have a good track record. It does not mean they're a startup company. It just means that's their niche. Okay, that's the areas they, they don't want to grow. They don't want to be any bigger. They have, uh, their niche market has kept them at that size. Most, uh, most of these small cap companies are really financially sound. And yes, they are targets for takeovers, but most of them are cl- closely held corporations so it's kind of hard to do a unless the major stockholders just want to sell the company. It's hard to uh, get a hold of a, a company like that. You know, Nokia, Pacific West, Bank Corp. You know, even Amazon started out as a small cap, hmm. uh, but because of their growth, they moved through the ranks. So, but a lot of companies just want to stay in that small niche area. Paul, the I know every you're going to tell me everybody's different, but on average, when you have a new client there with the Hare Financial Group, what is the percentage of you of your clients of small, middle, and high? The the way it Premium breaks down. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually, what we do is after we've set up their their uh, what we call secure money, mm-hmm. uh, then we go in there and we break the rest of it down. We'll probably do on average we'll do twenty percent into the large cap. Okay get that in there uh we'll do well we may do as high as 30 then we'll probably do uh 15 into the mid cap uh we'll do uh 10 percent into the small cap so you know right now you're sitting on say if we did 30 you're sitting on about 55 percent that leaves 45 percent left over of that money and it really depends you know we'll get into some technology if that's where they want to be uh, we also look at international. We make sure we have the international in there covered because what can happen in uh, the United States 
cannot have effect on what's going on in the Euro-Pacific realm or even Australia or even uh, Latin America. So we look at those areas of what's a good portfolio to be in. And then some will, you know, I'm not a big fan of precious metals. I don't really, you know, when you buy a precious metal mutual fund, you're not buying gold itself or silver. You're buying stock in the mining company that handles that. But we'll look at different areas, just really depending on person's risk tolerance. But we'll do mainly weighted toward the large cap in the S&P 500, just because uh, that's going to give you a solid base as far as in the equities. Uh, you're talking your Coca-Cola's, you're talking your, you know, Meta, you're talking your Amazon, Tesla, all those. Now, some of those stocks can flow over into technology. See, people don't realize, even though the uh, Tesla, <clears throat> Meta, and even uh, NVIDIA is considered a large cap fund, they're also going to be into our large cap stock. They're also going to be into the technology side. So you could have overlap. If you're buying technology and you're buying large cap, you're going to look in there. You're going to find Microsoft. You're going to find uh, Google. They're all considered a technology stock. So they may be in your large cap portfolio, but they're also going to be into your technology. So that's why we try to, you know, I try to keep the overlap down a lot because that way you're really not experiencing a true true flow of the market but it just really depends on how the person wants to do that investing so paul paul here hair financial group again you can reach out to paul 731-664-0047 always fantastic to catch up with you and catch up with all the goings on on wall street we'll have to revisit what you wanted to talk also about today next week if you don't mind we'll save that that's all right sounds good y'all have a great weekend all right paul here everybody thank you for being on with us today we will come back and talk about jim caviezel's new movie we're actually going to hear from the very talented actor talk about sound of freedom that's the new movie out this weekend and we're going to let you know much more about it as we have our dixie cinema spotlight to close out this hour there from the passion of the christ which was out in 2004 this is the dixie cinema segment of the y'all show passion of the christ had a budget of 30 million dollars when it was made and it brought in 612 million at the box office this amazing film that jim caviezel starred in about jesus christ remember it was partially in hebrew latin and aramaic the languages for this 
amazing film. Jim Caviezel had to learn all those languages if he, if he didn't know them already. The Passion of the Christ. And why am I talking about this Mel Gibson film from 2004? Because Jim Caviezel, back in the news, he's starring in another very conservative-type film that's hitting theaters, or is hitting theaters. If it hasn't already, it will be this weekend, as he's in the brand-new movie out this weekend that you need to check out called Sound of Freedom. The incredible true story of a former government agent turned vigilante who embarks on a dangerous mission to rescue hundreds of children from sex traffickers. Jim Caviezel's in this alongside Bill Camp, Mira Sorvino, and Jose Zuinga. And it's number one at the box office. It just came out officially, I think, July 4th. So only a few days into it, this thing has overtook the box office. It bested Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford's new Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It is doing gangbusters. And it's a true story. Jim Caviezel, the 54-year-old Mount Vernon, Washington native, an alumnus of UW, University of Washington. He's had amazing roles throughout his career. I remember him in The Thin Red Line. He was in the movie Frequency, as well as Angel Eyes. And how about the CBS series Person of Interest? But when he went and helped with Mel Gibson make The Passion of the Christ, that was something extraordinary. And now he's doing it again. Jim Caviezel with this latest film that's got to do with modern... Honestly, it's got to do with modern political things. Caviezel is publicly in opposition of abortion. And he has done several things in his career and off stage, on stage, to promote conservatism. And this latest film, again, is going to be something that is going to be a head-scratcher for Hollywood because it's, number one, Sound of Freedom. Again, this is a film with modern times as the back set about the story of a former government agent turned vigilante helping to rescue kids who are being sex trafficked. Let's go listen now to an interview that Caviezel has just done. And here's a portion of that interview for the website, The Daily Caller, or The Daily Signal, The Daily Signal's YouTube page is where you can find this interview of Caviezel discussing the reason behind the making of Sound of Freedom from The Daily Signal's YouTube page. Here is Caviezel. All right. Let's start with my own children. I adopted three. My wife and I adopted three children from China. And became very well aware of the dangers that children go through globally, even through the orphanage program. Uh, next step is this man um, called me up, said, do you want to do something that really can light things up? Now I'm going to go back to the Passion of the Christ. I saw what that did to this world globally. And it was a very difficult film. And uh, um, obviously... We took a lot of fun putting that thing out, um, and uh, but it it did it 
great amount of good, and it went against the, the media's narrative. This one is also part of that, because it's going against what's going down at the border. I said this over and over again. Uh, if you don't have a border, a south border, you don't have a country. You, by the rules, sovereign country, you have to have borders. We don't have a southern border. Um, it, it points a, a big light on grooming. A lot of that going on in the United States right now. Laws that are just I, abortion, killing a baby 27 days after they're born. All of this is a war on ch our children. And the public ain't happening. I didn't, uh, don't want this happening any longer. Um, and so um, all of that, when we came to Washington, I, many of them asked me, well, what can I do for you? When, once we were done talking, I said, oh, we want to help you. We want to give you a weapon, and this is what it is. And uh, so now we have guys like uh, Elon Musk that are coming in and helping us out. Um, Ivanka Trump just tweeted the other day, and this is growing. It's a big, big movement, and it is it really is um, fighting for the survival of our country, our republic, especially for our children, that God's children are no longer for sale. That is Jim Caviezel in an interview he did with the YouTube page for The Daily Signal. Go check it out. This guy doesn't hold back. The very talented actor who stars in the new movie Sound of Freedom, which is out right now. The true story of a former government agent turned vigilante who helps rescue hundreds of children from sex traffickers. And it's the number one movie at the box office. a boy. Jim Caviezel and for everybody involved in the making of this new film. Other new films making their debut this weekend, Joyride. It is out this weekend. It's a comedy following four Chinese-American friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are while they travel through China in search of one of their birth mothers. That's out this weekend. Ought to be ridiculous, but maybe funny too at the same time. And then you got a mystery thriller hitting theaters this weekend insidious the red door ty simpkins patrick wilson and rose byrne star in this as the lamberts must go deeper into the further than they ever have been before to put their demons to rest once and for all insidious the red door in theaters this weekend and that's a look at your movie spotlight the dixie cinema feature that we call here on our friday y'all show Go get you a big old bucket of popcorn and watch a couple of these movies. We're going to wrap things up right after this break here on Y'all. friends we've come to the end of hour two but you know what we got another hour before we call it a week so sit back enjoy it's the final hour of y'all talk with an accent on all things southern and it's coming up right after this break it's the final hour of this friday edition let's get our sing on thanks to david lee murphy and party crowd, yeah! She couldn't keep from crying When she told me goodbye 
Well, I know the Lord, it was breaking her heart That she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me So I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming her back Laughing out loud with the smoke so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like I just don't care If they're dancing over here Or fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd It'll dawn on me tomorrow Wherever to recall just where the heck's my truck so take my keys and lock them up tight let the good times flow and I worry about tomorrow when it comes to life the night's still young and I'm on the road tonight I'm looking for a party cry slamming them back and laughing out loud with the smoke so thick when blues came hang around With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd All right, I won't get you in trouble. It's been a fairly short week for all of us here with a little national holiday sandwiched on a Tuesday, but that doesn't mean we still can't party. It's the weekend. It's Friday. It's hot out there. But you can put on that old bikini if you're a woman, and you can put on your string bikini, I guess, or whatever those things are called, the man bikini. I don't know what they're called. I just know it's party time, y'all. So let's sing along with David Lee Murphy, all right? Look who's can hang around. Help me out now. With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there, I'm making the rounds, looking for a party crowd. One more time, night I'm looking for a party crowd, slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around. Let me hear them woofers ring now. With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over there I'm making the rounds looking for a party crowd You know, I think I'm going to, Na- I think I'm going to go to Nashville one day I think I might have it. No, I'm just kidding. I've been to Nashville. <laughs> Not to sing, but I have actually performed on the Grand Ole Opry. Nobody was in the audience, but I was, I was right there in the circle. So I've done it. I've made it. Mama, I've made it to Nashville. Mama's still here, by the way. Okay, enough of the silliness. And the reason I was talking about bikinis, by the way, Thursday was National Bikini Day. So that's why bikinis were on my mind. I need to talk about ice cream because it's National Ice Cream Month, as we told you in hour two. You know what else is coming up or what's going on, really, starting today? It's the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. It's going to be Tuesday in Seattle. And... I know we just had the 4th of July and how wonderful of an American thing 
it's a real American thing to have the 4th of July. Well, guess what? It's a real American red, white, and blue thing to have the Midsummer Classic. And it's coming Tuesday way out in Seattle. The M's hosting this year's All-Star Game. They're hosting it for the third time in franchise history. You know, they won't give it to Atlanta. They take it away from Atlanta because of a Georgia voting deal. The Braves got revenge. They won the World Series two years ago for that stupid decision by Major League Baseball falling victim to Stacey Abrams' wokeness. Seattle's got the Major League Baseball All-Star Game this year. And I want to tell you a little bit about the All-Star Game, but really what I want to do is tell you about a good baseball song to go along with this segment we call here on the Y'all Show Friday edition, the Free for Y'all. And so, first up, baseball. Baseball's been having its All-Star Game since back in the days where the American League and National League teams only really faced off in the World Series. You had to go to the All-Star Game to go have these teams, these guys from baseball teams that would never even see each other on a diamond would at least that one time a year get together and have an All-Star Baseball game. And I think the baseball world had it better than any of the other professional leagues where they had so-called all-star games and we've had baseball all-star games going on you know nearly 100 years 100 years or so back in 33 and 34 fans started selecting the 18 starters for the game and the managers chose the rest of the team's players so there's been this whole all-star fun fan participatory type thing going on for a while and that makes it more democratic you could say and we've got some great stars on this year's Major League Baseball All-Star team. Some of them though like Shoho Atani with a blister on his finger. I don't know if he's even going to show up for the thing in Seattle. He may be skipping out. But it's the Midsummer Classic and it's called that for a reason. Because it's truly a great opportunity to showcase how awesome baseball is. The first All-Star game actually did not happen until 1933 at Comiskey Park in Chicago as part of the 1933 World's Fair. Y'all remember that? Yes, the All-Star game. In fact, from 1959 to 62, I didn't know this, two All-Star games were held each season in order to increase the money going to the players' pension fund two different all-star games i wonder where they were were they back-to-back days maybe i wasn't around back in 59 but it's again one of the rites of passage of summer and it's an american tradition having the baseball all-star game by the way next year's all-star game is going to be at dodger stadium in la atlanta still not getting the all-star game after they ripped it away from atlanta's hearts and put it in colorado of all places two years ago the all-star game by the way as i said it's in seattle this year and the fun is a multi-day event if you're able to get to seattle the fun starts tonight you actually can tune in and see the hbcu classic ken griffey jr seattle mariner great inviting the brightest athletes from hbcus to compete at seattle's t-mobile park 
and they're going to have a post-game fireworks show if you're able to get to this. $10 is the cost of admission, but a bunch of college baseball players from probably a lot of southern schools participating in the HBCU. That is the classic. That's the first event for All-Star Weekend and Week, you could call it, going on in Seattle. They got a bunch of stuff happening Saturday in Seattle, all building up to Monday night where they have the home run derby. You can check that out. And then come Tuesday, it is the actual all-star game that will be broadcast nationally. The all-star week activity is going on in Seattle right now. So this there's going to be games. Everybody's playing in different three-game series starting today, Saturday, Sunday. And then baseball takes a break for several days next week for the all-star. But if you didn't make the all-star team, you get a little bit of a, a breather before you show back up to your respective franchise and have games for the next weekend. But we're now way past the halfway point of Major League Baseball's season. Let's tell you about a good baseball song to mix in with our all-star game conversation on this y'all show. I was thinking about the old standbys for baseball we could play to celebrate the national pastime. You've got your center field, you got your cheap seats from Alabama, and you got all their good baseball songs. But I, th- I really, honestly, I, I went searching for a baseball song, or at least a song by a baseball person. You know what? We haven't had a baseball star that has turned into a music star. The closest I can find is Bernie Williams, great New York Yankees player. Bernie is a jazz not necessarily a singer, but as a jazz musician. He's done quite well with it. And I'm sorry, I would love to give you some love on this show, Bernie. But first of all, you played for the New York Yankees, the one team in baseball that really turns my stomach, mainly because of their nickname. Um, and so that's a strike against you. And then Bernie is a native of Puerto Rico. And we love Puerto Rico, but it's not in the South. So I, I'm sorry, Bernie. I know you helped the Yankees, and I saw you in '99. I went down to Atlanta and I saw you in that World Series game against my favorite team, and you crazy Yankees beat my team, and my team. They didn't win another World Series until 2020, and they did win. Thank goodness they beat the, the Astros. But uh, I don't get too involved with baseball. I think most of us don't. It's not as passionate as football, but at least in the summertime, this is baseball. You're now at the plate. You truly are at the plate. There's no real football going on for another two months. The NBA season's over with. We're about to have our final golf major of the year, the Open Championship. So baseball, this is your time to shine. And the All-Star Classic is a good way to do that, but to couple that conversation of baseball into music. So I went looking for a good baseball person that's turned into a maybe a musician, and I really haven't found anybody. And that's sad because I can tell you for a fact, in basketball, people like Wayman Tisdale became a very good musician, and there have been other NBA people who've done pretty good with, I know rap, but I don't play rap on this show. As far as football, now football's done great. Mike Reed, former Cincinnati Bengal, very good pro football players, had a great career. 
in country music, for example. And there have been other really very good singers who come have come out of football, professional football. I just couldn't find anybody for baseball, so therefore I had to go to plan B. I went searching for a great baseball song by a great southerner, and I found it. The odd thing is, this person that I'm about to play you the song for has a another person that's got the exact same name spelled exactly the same way that was a great major league baseball player so today we're going to play the greatest from Kenny Rogers not the baseball player but the singer first let me tell you about the baseball player he was he's from Savannah Georgia Kenny Rogers Kenny is 58 years young Kenny had a long, long career. Four-time All-Star. Did a great job playing primarily for the Texas Rangers for a couple times. That's where he got a couple of his All-Star appearances. Kenny retired from baseball after his stint with the Detroit Tigers in 2008. But he began his career back in 89 for the Rangers. Played for the Yankees, Athletics, Mets, Rangers again. Then the Twins, the Rangers the third time before wrapping it up with the Detroit Tigers. He won a World Series with the Yankees when Bernie Williams would have been his teammate there in the Bronx. Had a couple of Golden Glove Awards, five-time Golden Glove Award winner. He's in the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. And he actually graduated from Plant City High School in Florida. From Plant City, Florida is where he went to high school before going straight to the minors working his way up to the majors. Kenny Rogers. I don't know exactly where he's living these days, but yeah, he was a heck of a pitcher and achieved more than 200 wins. He is second all-time in pickoffs. Had 93 pickoffs up on the mound and might have been because of his name, Kenny Rogers. People always probably thought he was the singer, but now he was a great baseball player. Now to Kenny Ray Rogers, the singer. Kenny Ray Rogers, born in Houston, Texas in 1938. We lost him right when COVID was going on. March of 2020, we lost Kenny Rogers as he died in Sandy Springs, Georgia at age 81. And sadly, his death was really not covered because of the unbelievable pandemic going on at that time and the media's infatuation with bringing down Donald Trump also covered up all the headlines back then during that election year but Kenny Rogers had we know this incredible recording career the first edition then his solo career and more and had so many great songs I would love to just play every single one of them one of the true characters of of music not just country but what he did, his style, his voice, his coolness, and then his partner in so many ways, Dolly Park, and what they did together was magical. Kenny Rogers, and it was right at the end of his music-making career that he came out with this song called The Greatest. It was from She Rides Wild Horses. This came out in 1999. Oddly enough, this song got a fair amount of airplay but it did not go into the top 20 in fact it peaked at 26 it was another song from that she rides wild horses album that went all the way to number one 
Buy Me a Rose. Remember Allison Krauss and Billy Dean on that one? That would be Kenny's last number one song in 1999, Buy Me a Rose. But from that same She Rides Wild Horses album, you had this song that I'm about to play called The Greatest. And what a great song he had. And as I said, it was a song essentially about baseball. And we love the fact that Kenny took this American pastime of baseball and put it out in music form for so many to enjoy. And he did just that right at the turn of the century. The Greatest was written by Don Schlitz, one of the great country music songwriters, and was released in April of 99 as the first single from that album, She Rides Wide Wild Horses. That album, did it get any kind of sales status? I don't think it did. And this was put out on Kenny's own record label, Dreamcatcher. I do remember that. And what a what a fantastic memory from more than 24 years ago now. The song was about a little boy playing baseball by himself. I'm going to play it for you now. Again, The Gambler, Kenny Rogers, as we celebrate the All-Star Game Tuesday in Seattle. No better way to celebrate baseball and its importance in American history than to pull out one of our great baseball songs, this time from the Houston kid, Kenny Rogers, right here on the Y'all Show. Little boy in a baseball hat Stands in the field with his ball and bat Says I am the greatest player of them all Puts his bat on his shoulder and he tosses up his ball ball goes up and the ball comes down Swings his bat all the way around The world's so still you can hear the sound The baseball falls to the ground Now the little boy doesn't say a word Picks up his ball, he is undeterred Says I am the greatest there has ever been And he grits his teeth and he tries it again And the ball goes up and the ball comes down Swings his bat all the way around The world's so still you can hear the sound The baseball falls to the ground No excuses, he shows no fear. He just closes his eyes and listens to the cheers. Little boy, he adjusts his head, picks up his ball, stares at his bat, says, I am the greatest. The game is on the line. Gives us all one last time. And the ball goes up like the moon so bright, swings his bat with all his might. And the world's as still as still can be, and the baseball falls. And that's strike three. 
it's supper time And his mama calls Little boy starts home With his bat and ball Says I am the greatest That is a fact But even I didn't know I could pitch like that Says I am the greatest That is understood But even I didn't know I could pitch that good The gambler Kenny Rogers and a song put out in 1999 on his own Dreamcatcher label and that is The Greatest. How about that? And we play that today not only to honor the gambler Kenny Rogers and his musical legacy but to tell you that baseball has the center attention right now and the all-star game the midsummer classic is tuesday in seattle and if you're a baseball fan enjoy these next few days this is the y'all show talk with an accent on all things southern whether you're a cardinals fan if you're one of those dreaded cubby fans or you've got any of these other southern teams like the rangers or astros or braves or rays or marlins or nats we appreciate you and hey gotta give credit to those reds they're leading the nl central right now baseball from a professional standpoint looking mighty mighty good right now although i could deal i could do without those crazy logos on the sleeves now and my god who decided to put logos behind the pitcher's mound of corporate logos that's just tacky 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 and i think that's not some kind of tv generated image i'm looking at i think that's like actually put down there on the on the on the side and on the on the dirt there at the pitcher's mound kenny rogers would not approve neither the singer nor the old pitcher for the rangers i can assure you that we will come right back here on the y'all show and when we come back we've got a look at some hashtag hullabaloo fun social media where we talk about the south we'll have that right after this break here all y'all it's friday get your party on get your baseball on or if you don't you're out Southern girl right there, Miranda Lambert. Welcome back. It's the Y'all Show with the general of all things, Southern John Rawl. John Rawl, comma, y'all. Good to have you back here on this Friday edition of You All, the show about the South. And we've got now our hashtag Hullabaloo section where we go on social media and find 
just the most amazing things out there. And I bet you Miranda Lambert would love to take this little challenge here. It's How Southern Are You? It's a little game that I found, and I'm going to tell you all about it. And I have to credit Beth Carter at Beth Carter 007. Beth Carter is an award winning, best selling author, including the popular Coconut series. Beth Carter has written a cookbook. She's also a nonfiction writer. She writes with humor, heart, coffee, and wine. BethCarter.com is the website. How about that? I'm about to research her and see if we can't maybe get her on here as a guest sometime. Beth Carter, good old BC in the house and Beth we got to give you credit because you have inspired us today to dig into what you've been putting out on social media so Beth has just posted on her Twitter account at Beth Carter 007 lol I'm definitely southern with a score of 25 I'm going to ask my husband who's from New Jersey his will be far less he won't even know what some of this is your turn and what she's got is a post. I don't know who gets the credit for creating this post, but it's a post of a graphic called How Southern Are You? And you get a point for every food that you've tried. How Southern Are You? A point for every food listed here. And there are, count this up, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13, 20, there's 39 options here. 39 options. And according to the rankings, if you only get between 1 and 5 points, you might be a Yankee. If you get between 6 and 10 points, how's your mom and them is the description of what you get if you're in that subset. If you're in the 11 to 15 responses positively, you're born and breaded, not bred, born and breaded Southern and then if you get 16 or more of these things, you are show enough Southern, according to this little <laughs> graphic somebody's come up with. How Southern are you? One point for every food that you've tried. So get ready, everybody. There's going to be 39 of these things. And do like I'm going to do. If I can find a... Well, I don't see a pen right here in front of me, isn't it? Ah, I'm in luck. I got one. Yay. All right, so I'm going to write these down. You write down yourself how you score on this test of how Southern are you. One point for every food that you've tried. It doesn't say you have to like it. You just have had to have tried one of these 39 items. So are you ready? And let's be honest. Don't cheat. Don't you dare think about cheating on how Southern are you. One point for every food you've tried. Here we go. Number one. Peach cobbler. Number two, sweet tea. Number three, chicken and dumplings. Number four, cornbread. Number five, gumbo. Number six, frog legs. Number seven is chicken fried steak. Eight is hush puppies. Nine is white gravy. Ten is grits. 11 is oyster salad. 12 is congealed salad. 13 is fried green tomatoes. 14, pickled pig's feet. 
Next is red-eye gravy. Next is chess pie, followed by turnip greens, Hoppin' John, good South Carolina dish there. Chicken livers is next. A tomato sandwich, perfect for July, by the way. Rabbit stew. Red beans and rice. Brunswick stew. Corn pudding. Fatback. I didn't know you would consider fatback a food, but it's on this list of 39 southern delicacies. Next up is fried bologna. Most would say bologna. Fried bologna is on here. How about fried okra? That's pretty darn southern right there. How about boiled peanuts? Yeah. How about chitlins? That's on the list. You get a, you should get five points if you've had chitlins. Pear salad. Up next, butter beans. Followed by jambalaya. Deviled eggs is on the list. Po'boys. They don't say which kind of po'boy. Fried gizzards. Coca-Cola cake. Only a few left here. Gator tail. Followed by poke salad. And last on the 39 listings of options here, ambrosia. Those are 39 things that if you get a point for everyone, is there anybody out there with a perfect 39 score on the test of how Southern are you? I'm afraid I might be showing up on this test here in the first category option there is, which is that score if you get between 1 and 5. If you get between 1 and 5, you're considered the, quote, might be a Yankee. Oh. Have you tallied up your numbers? If you do, hit me up. Tell me how you did on our text line here at the Y'all Show. How did you do? All right. My unofficial results, not not that you care about me, but I guess if I'm doing a show about the South, I kind of need to have my ducks in a row, right? It looks like I got 29. I got 29 of 39. So that would put me show enough Southern. Not that you care, but some of the items that I don't think I've ever tried and don't intend to try. Chitlin. Sorry. They even have a chitlin strut not far from where I grew up. A festival all about chitlins. Never gone and don't plan on going. Another thing I've not had is poke salad. I'm scared to try poke salad. That's actually... Something out in the woods, you know, Elvis sang about poke salad, Annie. And I'm, I'm afraid that might might get you sick. So I'm a little, little cautious on poke salad. I've not had, to my knowledge, ambrosia. I have not had rabbit stew. I've missed out on life, y'all. I, I apologize. I've not had oyster salad. There's one or two other things that I'm looking at on here that I've not had either. I don't know if I've had chicken livers, come to think of it. But the rest of them, not only have I had them, I've had them a lot. And you know what? I liked them a lot. I sure did. 
And one thing that I'm really scratching my head on this list that I can't remember if I've had it or not. I don't think I have. So that's why I put it down here. And this is just sad because it's two of the things that I love the most in life. And I don't know if I've ever had it. And that's just devastating. I love cake and I love Coca-Cola. But I'm not sure I've ever had Coca-Cola cake. That's pathetic. I needed to have my Southern credentials taken away from me. Maybe I had Pepsi-Cola cake. I, I probably have had it, but it really doesn't stand out. Because one of the things not on here, they, they could have put a lot more options on here. Instead of a Coca-Cola cake, if I'm at a picnic, I might be more tempted to get the pecan pie over there on the side than that Coca-Cola cake or the pineapple upside down cake is a little bit more my style and uh, and other great cakes this is not about me y'all but I do want to tell you that I did score nearly 30 so that's pretty good hopefully y'all did better than me hopefully you did if you do you can come in here starting Monday and take this show over I don't deserve it Pam Liebenberg she's on Twitter she's chiming in now on this ranking of how she did by the way, Pam Liebenberg is a Sanford University alumnae. Congratulations. Go Bulldogs. Sam, not Stan. And she is a keynote speaker. I like I like, her. I like this lady. So she she's a doctor, for goodness sakes. She's chiming in on this 39 options of Southern food and how you get a point for each one you've tried. Pam says, growing up in the deep south, my score is a 36. I'll pass on oyster salad and pig's feet. You know what? I passed on those too. But she's already done better than me. What did I get? I said 5, 10, 15, 20. I got 29. She's seven points. She's a doctor. I guess that comes with being a doctor. She's got several more points more than me. Pam, the show's yours. Come on in and take it over. I'll take over your keynote speaker and consulting work that you do. <laughs> Which probably wouldn't be a bad deal, as long as they don't say, So, Johnny boy, what kind of doctor are you? And all I would have to be able to answer back would be, I'm the doctor of the South. And I don't even know who gives that degree away. The piled high digger category, PhD. I don't have that one. I got the MA, don't have the PhD. All right, thank you for that. That was a lot of fun. This great little graphic that I'm sure is flowing all over social media how southern are you with those 39 different food options she did have on there peach cobbler you should get extra points if you can have that peach cobbler with some good old vanilla ice cream I wonder what peach ice cream would be like on peach cobbler I had a incredible two scoop peach ice cream cone at my local pharmacy the other day and it was it was fun it was great to have that bluebell peach ice cream and a nice cone and as I've hinted in the show earlier I kind of like ice cream I have to admit it and what was I the other day I was at another place and they said they didn't have waffle cones but they had waffle cones on the little board outside and so uh, people don't know what they're they don't know a lot of people don't know what the heck they're doing just like me here at this show I, I don't know what I'm doing 
All right, that's a fun, fun take on some southern food as part of our hashtag hullabaloo for this Friday edition of y'all talk with a southern accent now we got ice cream and southern food on our mind that's a good way to send us off for the weekend but we can't go there quite yet we got a quick southern sports report coming your way right after this hmm two scoops of ice cream coming my way yeah On a sunny summer day A couple gazes at the wedding rings Their own display She smiles and nods her head As he says, honey, that's for you It's not much, but it's the best that I can do Golden rain Golden rain With one tiny little stone Just a cold metallic thing Only love can make a golden wedding Alright, we're back here on Y'all and going to have a quick look at some southern sports news as we wrap up this Friday edition of the show covering everything southern. News out of college football. College football Hall of Famer Dick Sheridan has passed away. Dick Sheridan was the head coach of the NC State Wolfpack back in the 1980s and early 90s. He died near his home in Garden City Beach, South Carolina. That is in the Myrtle Beach area. Sheridan started coaching at NC State in 1986. Took him to a Peach Bowl a couple of times before going to Raleigh to lead the Wolfpack. The Columbia, South Carolina native was the head coach of the Furman Paladins of the FCS. And at Furman, he won a national championship. He won a couple of Southern Conference championships. Dick Sheridan passing away at the age of of 81. Also, some news out of the NFL and a Heisman Trophy winner and New Orleans Saints running back powerhouse of the last few years. Mark Ingram is going to join Fox Sports on its big noon kickoff show as he's wrapped up his professional football career and the first Heisman winner for Bama is going to be in the broadcast booth doing the Fox Sports big noon kickoff right before a big college football game Congratulations to Mark Ingram. Golf has the John Deere Classic this weekend. Women's golf, it's their U.S. Open. All that going on in the sports world this first full weekend of July. We'll come back up after this timeout and wrap up the show with From Dixie with Love. Only love can make a golden wedding. come to the end of the week here a little short week with only four production days as we had fourth of july on 
Tuesday, but a very good week nonetheless. Hopefully you all have had a very special patriotic week and we'll continue the fun into the weekend. Going to be a hot one out there. Be careful. Be safe. We'll get back here together Monday for the Y'all Show. We'll have Megan Headwall join us once again in the Y'all Show. And a reminder, if you've got questions, suggestions, recipe tips, etc., love to hear from you here at Y'all. Our number you can text anytime, 615-208-4184. As the Y'all Show is available not only on awesome radio stations, but we're available in podcast form at iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app. Also, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn, Spotify, yeah. Also, the the Apple Podcast, and we're on the iTunes app, yeah. There's so many, i got to keep thinking about it, yeah. But we're out there, y'all. That's, just trust me on that. We're also at y'all.com. Have a wonderful weekend. We will see you back here Monday for the show that shakes the Southland. This is y'all, powered by y'all.com. <laughs>